Hello, welcome to the Raise Your Volume Academy podcast. This is Tiffany Kane, your host, and I am here today to talk about a difficult subject, toxic relationships and why we get into them. And I want to come to this from a little bit of a different angle. I want to define toxic relationships, what they are. And then I want to talk about the things in popular society and popular culture that lead us to getting into these toxic relationships and kind of talk to you about how do we fix this? How do we change this? I'd love to hear your ideas. So first, let's talk about what is a toxic relationship. All right. Thinking of toxic and toxicity, I mean, what comes to mind? Poison, right? Something that harms you. If something is toxic, it can kill you. So when we're talking about toxic relationships, we're talking about relationships that are, are kind of a poison, right? And and bad relationships have a spectrum. And part of that spectrum is toxicity that then often moves into abuse. And toxicity is not always abuse, but often is a red flag towards abuse that can be coming. What are some toxic things that might happen in relationships? Toxicity is, um, believe it or not, love bombing is incredibly toxic. What is love bombing? Love bombing, I could do a whole episode on, but love bombing is when somebody comes on super, 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 super strong and they're like, hey, um, I love you so much and I'm going to be, it's all about us all the time. I'm going to shower you with love, with messages, and it's just you and me. And, and in that love bombing, they they separate you from friends and family and activities that are meaningful to you. And it becomes very codependent and all about the two of you. And the problem with love bombing is it's very hard to maintain that. And so the relationship moves very, very fast. Love bombers, usually within a couple of weeks, you're completely in a full-fledged exclusive relationship. And often they'll go so far as to propose marriage and you get married. I mean, a lot of these people get married within the first couple months of knowing each other, or they move in together or make some big giant move. I'm not saying every situation where these things happen, it's a toxic situation, but majority of the time, it's not a romantic situation. It is a toxic moving toward abuse of this person separating you from all of the things that you love. It's almost a grooming. Another form of toxicity um, is we are fed by popular culture to believe that chemistry is angsty, right? It's this tug and pull and love is supposed to be painful and love is supposed to hurt. And and it's more exciting when there's the drama and the hot and cold and the push and pull. And so toxic relationships can be that very hot and cold and push and pull and angsty 
um, you often hear people talk about, but he's my twin flame and twin flames bring out those angsty feelings in each other. And it's often very difficult relationships, but it's very romanticized, but that's toxic. That is not the way love is supposed to be. Um, other forms of toxic relationship, gaslighting. Gaslighting is when one person tells another person that their feelings are not valid, their experiences are not valid, their emotions are not valid. So it could be something along the lines of somebody does something, like your romantic partner does something that seriously hurts your feelings. It makes you feel belittled. It makes you feel hurt. And you tell that person, you know, that thing you just said to me really, really hurt me. Like it hurt deep down. And, and I, I, it, I want you to know just how much this hurts me. And the loving response to that would be, I am so sorry I hurt you. I would never want to hurt you. This is what I actually meant. I didn't mean that in a hurtful way. I will from here on out do everything I can to not hurt you that way again. That's the loving response. Validating your feelings, saying I would, you know, that wasn't my intention. I'm going to do everything I can to make it better. The toxic response is you make it all about you. Oh, that didn't actually happen. You're not remembering it correctly. Uh are you sure it happened that way? That's not the way I think it happened. I think you're crazy. You're a little crazy. Did you take your medication today? Are you about to start your period? Those are toxic responses when somebody, when you tell somebody something very personal, you know, that, that it hurt you in a personal way. And that's gaslighting. Basically, making you feel like your feelings, your emotion, your experience are not valid. These are all things I experienced in my relationship with my kid's father. You know, I was, those of you that have been listening to this podcast since the very beginning, you know, this podcast started as love and life after divorce. And I talked a lot about getting out of toxic relationships and moving on. And, um, you know, basically hurt people, hurt people. And I was married to a man who I actually have a lot of compassion for. And, you know, I, I spent a good amount of my life truly loving him. Um, and I love that he is the father of my children and I have a lot of compassion for him, but he was a hurt person that hurt me, you know, and, um, I got out of it. It took me 19 years, but I got out of it. And here is why, here are the things that contributed to me staying in a toxic relationship. And here are the things that all the women that I talk to that stay in toxic relationships, these are the things that they say made them stay in a toxic relationship. So there's compounding levels. All right. Um, I'm going to start personally with me, like the massive patriarchal system that I grew up in and that many of us grew up in. Uh, I was in a, a massively patriarchal religion, super high control, a cult of a religion where I was told my entire life, the man is the head of the household. The woman is the helpmate. You're subservient to the man. 
you show your subservience to God by being subservient to your husband or being subservient to your father. And I was raised to believe that's what women did. And so, of course, that groomed me to get into a relationship where my needs were not met. They weren't considered. They didn't matter. And where my feelings and my emotions weren't valid, right? So that's level one. And I think whether you're raised in a high control religion or not, for many women, we have that similar experience of be the nice girl, be the good girl, don't make waves, don't make it all about you, don't have too many needs, don't have too many cares, don't have too many concerns, right? And that's just our experience in the world. And so that's level one of why we get into toxic relationships. Level two of why we get into toxic relationships is popular culture. What do books say? What do movies say? What do songs say about love and relationships? Well, we, we're told, A, that our lives revolve around being in a relationship and that the pinnacle of a woman's success is getting married. And if a woman is not married, she's a quote unquote, spinster and must be unlovable and there must be something wrong with her and, you know, all of those crazy things that go on with it. So there's all this pressure to get in a relationship and that your value as a woman is the relationship you're in. I mean, that's in so many movies, books, TV shows, songs. And then in movies, books, TV, songs, Toxic relationships are glorified. They're romanticized. We see the dark, brooding, troubled man, and it's the woman's job to save him, and everything revolves around his moods and his needs and his moodiness, and and the fights turn into romantic makeup, sex after, or whatever. You see a lot, especially the old Hollywood movies, sometimes it's shocking to watch them and the way the women are treated in the old Hollywood movies. I was just watching a clip of one, I think it was Cary Grant and somebody else, where he picked her up by her arms, like pinned her arms to her side, picked her up, sat her on a counter, shook her. She was trying to get away from him. He's keeping her in place. Every time she tries to move, he pushes her back. He tells her she's being unreasonable. You're being, you're not looking at the situation correctly. Like he's holding the, her there by force and shaking her and holding her arms down. And how does the scene end? With her going, oh, I love you so much. Thank you for helping me. And so we see her kind of stop fighting and give in to this because the only reason he's doing this is because he loves her so much. And we're fed these kinds of images over and over and over again in advertisement, TV shows, movies, songs. <laughs> we just are fed this stuff so much. And so if you're in a toxic relationship or if you've ever been in a toxic relationship, give yourself some grace and some love and forgive yourself. I know so many women that say, how could I let myself get into this? How could I let this happen? And they're often very hard on themselves. And frankly, a lot of the people around them are hard on them. How could you let yourself get in that situation? But 
it's almost a natural thing. It's kind of what we're trained to do. I mean, look at those romance novels out there that are all about the bad boys and the dark boys and the the brooding bad boy that the woman needs to save. And he does all of these terrible, toxic things. And, you know, I could get on my soapbox about this because I get so very upset. But something the other day made me hopeful. And so I want to end this podcast episode with something hopeful. There is a show on Netflix that I love called Sex Education. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Uh, They just put out the final season and it was great. But there was a scene, they're high school, early college age kids. And there was a scene where this young woman gets in a relationship with this guy she's had a crush on and she just thinks he's the the most wonderful thing. And little tiny red flags come up throughout the season of just little things he says. Like she'll be talking to one of her best friends who happens to be a, a man, a, a young man, and this boyfriend would walk up to her. What are you talking about? What's happening? Why, why do you have to be so close to him? Why do you have to stand so close? You know, little things like that. And she would excuse it away and say, oh, you know, he just doesn't understand, blah, blah, blah. And these things kept happening. And then finally, there was a scene where he grabbed her arm and held it very tight and tried to pull her away from a boy she was talking to who was a friend and it was completely platonic, completely innocent. And his jealousy and his the boyfriend's toxicity raged and he held her hand very hard and tried to pull her away. And she pulled her arm back and set her boundary with him and was like, you need to stop. And she turned around and she walked away. Now, here's the hopeful part for me. When she told her friends about this situation, they completely supported her. They completely believed her and they supported her in never talking to this guy again. So the boyfriend walks up to her several days later. I am so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I just, sometimes my emotions get the better of me. And this young woman said to him, that is not anything I can help you with. You you can no longer talk to me or be around me. I want nothing to do with you. You cannot treat me that way. So she stood her ground. Her friends were around her. They completely had their back. They were like standing guard and giving him the eye. And he looked at her and he looked at her friends and he walked away and he never bothered her again. And that scene made me so helpful, so hopeful because my experience was people not believing me when I told them what was happening in my marriage. It was, but he seems like such a nice guy, or maybe did you misunderstand, or I've never seen him that way, or are you sure? Like, even people around me that were close to me would gaslight me and make excuses for him and make me question myself and my experience. But here is this young woman standing up for herself, not accepting this behavior, and her friends believing her and standing up for her. And it didn't have to become dramatic, right? Like that was enough that he held onto her her arm tight. That was it. That was enough. It didn't have to be more dramatic than that. And I think a lot of times 
there is a disservice done in media when they try to talk about toxic relationships and abusive relationships as they take it to the extreme of, you know, somebody getting seriously beat up. And yes, these things happen. I mean, my sister-in-law just was murdered by an intimate partner in an act of domestic violence. So yes, horrible, absolutely terrible things happen. But if we can stop it before the dramatic parts, if we can say, hey, the minute it feels, ugh, you're allowed to say, I want no more of this. And if that is what the message that the young people have now, I am so hopeful that we'll start seeing changes. And if we're starting to see this in media and and that is, is what, you know, new filmmakers and TV producers are starting to put out those messages, then I am hopeful that the conversation around toxic relationships is going to change and that we start seeing more examples of healthy relationships and we start seeing healthy relationships romanticized. That is my dream. That is my goal. That is what I would love to see. I would love it if women feel strong in their power. They feel strong that they can raise their volume and say, no, you cannot treat me this way. I will not stand for this behavior. And no matter what excuse the man or the person is that treated them wrong gives, we realize that while we can have compassion for that person, we do not have to give up our safety or our space for that person's healing. We can have compassion and we can say, okay, I understand. Like you're not in control of your emotions. That's fine. You have work to do. I don't need to be in your space while you're doing that work. This is not where I need to be. I do not need to be a part of this. And I think that is so healthy. And when women raise their volume and they say that, and especially our young women, I'm just so proud of them. So I want to end this episode with saying, I want to hear from you. When have you stood up for yourself? When have you stated a boundary when something got toxic, when you got gaslit, when somebody got a little bit too physical for you or a little bit too loud or something made you feel uncomfortable and you said, whoa, I'm not doing this anymore. And you stood up for yourself and you walked away from that. I want to hear your story because those things make me so helpful. Hope I keep saying helpful. Those things make me so hopeful. So please tell me your stories. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode was meaningful to you, please share it with a friend. You sharing with a friend helps this podcast grow and get listened to by more people and helps more people raise the volume of their voice. And remember, raise your volume. I'm listening.